Dan Fulkerson. Good to be here. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. I appreciate it. Thank you for thinking of me. Yeah. yeah. We, we're down here at Bottle Fulkerson headquarters. Yep. You came um, to me, which makes it very easy. Nice. Well, here we are. Uh, why don't you tell everybody who you are, what you do, and uh, yeah. So I'm Dan. This is Teddy. I am a personal injury attorney. I'm the weird guy that puts bulldogs on everything. We're San Diego's bulldog attorneys. Personal injury, dealing with a lot of motorcycle accidents, car accidents, unfortunate tragic events that lead people to my office because they have to deal with insurance companies and third parties that are refusing to compensate them for what they've gone through. And that's what I do. Um, but I go out of my way to not be a normal attorney and to not have a normal office and to not run a normal practice. And so it's a little different than what you probably expect. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you're changing the game of like what personal injury attorneys are. Not only are you ethical and really like you're not just saying that you really are yeah. a good human being, but uh, you've got dogs running around the office. You run nonprofits all over the place. You're yep. serving the community like yep. crazy. Um, you've got a motorcycle built into the wall here with all your stuff. You've got, I mean, I could go on for days. You guys have a great thing going on here. It's different. It's different and people it's different. love it, right? Yeah, and it's, you know, in any business, it's important to differentiate yourself, but especially businesses and business models and industries that have stayed stagnant for so long. And the injury field has been this old white man's club for so long that when I came into the game, I'm like, how can I break this shit? Like, yeah. like what can I do to just do it different? Cause I just, I didn't like really most of how most law offices run. And I was inside another law office. I watched it for, you know, four years and I'm just like, I would do everything pretty much opposite. And that's why we started Bottle Fulkerson. Cause it's like, I'm going to run in the opposite direction of how everyone else has done this and let's go. And everyone, when we started, said I was crazy. This isn't going to work. This is not how it does. This is not how you pay attorneys. This is not how you market. This is not how you brand an injury firm. Cool. That's you. This is me. And it's been very successful. And I think that the success has come from just owning that we're a lot different than other people and other attorneys and owning those differences. That's great. And, yeah. and one thing that I know about you is you follow your intuition really well. You trust your gut. And, um, I mean, you're, you're the definition of a manifester. I hate that word because people use it as this like, woo woo. I just yeah, yeah. think about it and it happens, yeah. but you know, you're putting the work in too. So can you tell people about this office yeah. and how, like the story of it not being for sale and, and just what led you to having this space, this awesome space. And I, and I totally understand mm -hmm. what you're saying about the manifestation thing. Cause I hear the word and I'm just like, some people get it. Some people don't but that shit is real. Like it is so real in the way that I can best describe it. It is seeing something in your mind's eye and knowing that you're going to accomplish that, have that, that you're going to get there and knowing it, not just wanting it, not just believing, but like knowing it. And that's how you can really manifest your life. And this building is a perfect example. I bought a house that's on the same street as this building probably five years ago. And I saw this building when I bought my house. And I said, like, I love the building. I had a dream about this building. And the dream was I was flying into San Diego and there was a big lit up bulldog on top of the building. And I could see it from the plane flying in. And I woke up and it was like the most vivid dream that I've had. And I'm like, that's the building. We got to buy it. Call my law partner, Paul. I think we need to buy this building. Paul's like, we're not in the market for a building. We're not even shopping for real estate. Okay. Let me just ask, ask around. I call a commercial real estate buddy and he basically tells me, Hey, 
I looked into it. This building is owned by the University of California school system, and they never sell their real estate. They're just going to sit on it forever. There's no reason why they're ever going to sell it. California Regents doesn't sell. Move on, find another building. So I put it out of my mind. We weren't even in a market. Like we weren't even shopping for a building. We had an office, seven-year lease. We were good. Six months later, I get a call from the same agent. And he literally says, he goes, Dan, you got some weird Yoda-like energy, but that building is not only going on the market, they listed my firm to sell the building. And I'm like, no shit. Like another thing that just tells me that this is lined, right? Like that this is for me. So go through the whole thing. It's a blind bid sale. So not like a put it on the market, everyone offers what they offer. No, you decide how much money you're willing to spend. You write that amount of money on a piece of paper, you put it in an envelope and you put it in and the biggest number wins. So you don't know what anyone else is paying. You don't know what a market price is for anything. You couldn't even really see the inside of the building. We weren't even allowed to do a tour of this place, right? So it is a full blind situation. Paul and I sat on it, prayed on it, talked about it, came up with you know the number that our intuitions both told us. I flew up to Oakland, put in the bid, we won the building and that's three years ago now we had to gut this entire thing we built it out and now it's our home and it's one of those that I had a mentor and when I was going through it I'm like should I do this and he was like it's gonna be the scariest thing that you've ever done in your life but it'll be the best thing you've ever done And three or four years from now you're gonna call me and you're gonna say I'm so glad I did it and about six months ago I called him and was like hey we just got an appraisal on the building and if we wanted to sell it, we could sell it for three times what we even paid for it in a three-year period. Thank you. It's the best decision I ever made. And he's wow. just like, I told you, you would say this. And now I've realized the tax benefits of owning commercial real estate. And, you know, for me, it, it'll be a business play that every three or four years, we're going to buy another building because it just makes a whole lot of sense in setting up your your taxes and your business situation and depreciation and the, the things that you can do with it as a business owner allow so much freedom on the financial side that I now urge people when you're able to find something that's smart. It's the same thing I say to any, like any person who hasn't bought a home. It's a crack problem. The first time you have a chance to buy a home, buy a home because rent is a crack problem. Like don't pay rent. It's just, it's just my belief. So, nice. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. And, and I remember when you posted a Facebook live, when you had gone up to Oakland and you weren't really saying what you were doing, but you were like, everybody just, just pray for me. Like this yep. is going to be a huge thing. And, and it's like, when I was watching that video, I remember going, I don't really know Dan that well. We'd only met like once or twice, but I'm like, there's something that this dude knows that this is going to happen. I can tell you were sort of like nervous about it, but it's like, you knew it was going to happen for sure. Bro, I've been that way my whole life. And it's weird. Like there's energy that you can put into it. I was, I, I was like three years ago, I was having a really, really bad day. And I was going through a bunch of old like boxes from like childhood stuff, like middle school, high school. And I came across this project that we were forced to do in ninth grade. And it was write a letter to your best friend and your 30, the premise is you're 30 years old. You haven't seen him since you graduated from high school, write him a letter and catch him up on life. My best friend at the time, still like one of my best friends in the world, his name's Brandon Sweeney. I wrote him this letter and I found this letter in my drawer. I read this thing and I like my jaw dropped to the floor. I didn't remember reading. I didn't remember writing. I didn't remember the assignment. The letter literally lists out my life right now. Like I'm an attorney. I just opened up my own law firm. I just bought a house with a bay view. 
like my life right now. I'm still not married, still like, like, it, like everything, right? I get done reading the letter and I look at the address that I addressed the letter. And I'm a ninth grader in Eagle, Idaho, had never been to San Diego, had never visited San Diego, like just wanted to get out of like cleaning horse stalls, right? I addressed that shit and made up a fictional San Diego address writing that letter. I knew I was gonna be here. Like life knew I was gonna be here. How that happens, I don't know. But here I am, 37 years old, my life's in San Diego, I have my own law firm, I have my house. I had, like, That was when I was 14 years old. And I put that shit on paper and here we are. So that's why I tell everyone, write down your goals. Do it a couple times a year. Review those things. Make sure it's in your mind's eye. But don't just think it's gonna happen. You have to know it's gonna happen. Like It has to be something that's like, it's even more than a belief, right? And when you have that and once you understand it, that can really put energy in the world that will lead you to those places. And I truly believe that. Like to my core, I believe that. Wow. That's, I'm speechless. That's, I mean, and this is the thing is, is something good happened with your subconscious mind. It easily goes the other way. Cause 100%. when people are children and something bad happens to them, that thing, whatever happens to their subconscious mind is like a GPS that routes them through their whole life. So the power of the subconscious mind is so incredible. And 100%. when you're doing these things like routines, when you're writing down your goals, when you're believing it, all of these things, it's crazy what will happen. And yep. so many people are programmed to believe that they're only worth this and they can't break that, right? Yep. I was one of those people. I thought that I would make, when I'm 50 years old, maybe 60, 70,000 a year yeah. if I'm doing good. And yeah. that would be crazy. Yeah. And uh, when you change your beliefs, it's crazy how your perspective changes. And and that's why words are so important. And that's why I get on people that are like, can't or well, maybe, or if this happens, that's not how you talk. When this happens, when I do this, like words are really, really important because there's an energy to life. And I don't think people put enough emphasis in how important life energy is and how important the subconscious is in driving us to success. And so the, the thoughts that go through your head every single day really combine to the life choices and the life you're gonna live. If you wanna change anything in life, you have to change those thoughts and those thought processes. And so many people just stay in that same hamster wheel of you know, life for so long, they, they, that comfort zone will eat you, right? And so I've just been very cognizant of that. And I'm very cognizant of the thoughts that go through my mind. And I'm very cognizant if I get on a bad hamster wheel and I'm worried or anxious that I can snap myself out of it because that's the energy you don't want in life. Like you attract that shit. You attract what's going through your mind. I don't want to be attracting that. I want to attract good. So I have things when I'm showering every day that I repeat in my head. When 11-11 hits on the clock, I have something that I'm repeating in my head every single time. It's all positive. It's all macro basic, but it keeps me in that positive energy flow and it keeps me in my zone. And I know when I'm there and I know when I'm not. And when I'm not, I got to adjust course to get back to it. Wow. Yeah. And so what would you say to somebody? So we all know that, that 
people's self-talk around money is really important. And yeah. most people, a majority of people, I think, have negative self-talk around money. They think it's not a good thing. They think they're not deserving. But if you're talking to somebody that maybe is working a minimum wage job or yep. just isn't where they want to be, what would you tell them in order to start not only changing the self-talk and the, the, you know, the internal dialogue that's happening, but get started on a better path? Like, how do they do that? A couple different routes. One you have to be the, the it all comes down at the end of the day you can want whatever you want to want but you, if you're not going to put in work right like so many people don't want to put in work they want quick easy you can wish and dream all you want but if you're not going to sacrifice things you're not going to get what you want out of life life is sacrifice and i meet so many younger people that think things come fast thinks they look at they look at even me and they're like oh trust me you don't see the 11 years of valet parking and being treated like shit and like how, how am I going to survive and eating ramen noodles just to live and oh, I'm going to end up back in Idaho because I'm not going to survive in San Diego. Like no one sees that, right? But that's, that's the part of it. That's what makes it, right? So it's one, being willing to put in the work. It's two, being able to see yourself at the end of that course and being able to believe that you're gonna get there. Because when I was valet parking, I damn sure knew that's not where I was gonna end. As people came up and chief and bud and tigered me and hey, go get my car, I could smile through that because I knew that's not where I was gonna end. And I knew that eventually a lot of those same people would be like, I regret that I treated this dude like shit. Yeah. And sure enough, that happened. That came full circle where then once I was successful and the same people that treated me like shit, they needed something. Like, I'm not going to be disrespectful, but don't think I don't remember that you treated me like shit. Fucking right? A. Like that's just the way that life works. So that is part of it. And then also being able to have enough confidence and humility to ask for help. No one is successful on their own. You're not successful on your own. I wasn't successful on my own. I won't continue to be successful if I think I can do it on my own. I need help. I need people in my corner fighting for me. I need mentors. I need to be able to spend money on my own internal education. I need to be able to be comfortable spending money to make money and taking those risks. Those are part of the process. If you're not willing to grow and to be uncomfortable, you will continue to work a minimum wage job because that's what comfortability pays. Right? Yeah. yeah. So it, I look at it like you only live once why not? Like, what's the worst that's going to happen? And I think so many people are in the trap of judgment. Uh, what is this person going to think? My mom, my friends, even people they don't even know. What are people on social media going to think? People don't give a shit about you. They don't care. Jason Cisneros, you know, Jason, Yeah. he messed with me so hard one day. I was so pissed off at him. He was like, you care way too much about what people think. I'm like, I really don't think I do. He's like, no, you do. I'm like, okay. He's like, who do you think loves you the most in this life? I'm like, I don't know my mom. My mom loves me. Like, I know that. It's like, what do you think she's thinking about right now? I'm like, I don't know. It's like, you think she's thinking about you? Like, no, probably not. It's like, you're right. The one person that loves you the most in this world isn't even thinking about you right now because she's living her own life. He's like, and you really think that anyone else gives a shit about what you do or your decisions? Or He's like, you're worried about what people think when they don't care. And then I had the perspective of like, you look at like Steve Jobs. He created probably the most influential thing in all of our lives right now or one of no one even thinks about that dude and he's been gone how long like life moves on live your life don't give a shit what other people think because it's your life and you're going to be the one that has to live in your own heaven or hell that you create on earth 
And once I realized that, everything changed because it's like, I don't care what you think. If I'm happy and I'm chasing my happiness and I'm moving in a direction of being happy, I'm good. Whatever your perception is on that, that's your perception. It's your problem. Dude, that is absolute gold. And when I moved out here, I went broke, right? Yeah. Like five, six years ago, I went completely broke. But I was doing my own thing and I was following my intuition, my passion, yep. and I was, when I look back on it, even though I was stressed, I was the happiest that 100%. I've ever been. And that happiness doesn't go away as long as you continue to follow that chase. You know, as long as you're trying to improve and you're kind of battling a race with yourself and not necessarily other people, then, uh, yeah. You know how many rich people I know that are miserable human beings? Most. Most. Like, if you were to break it down statistically, most very wealthy people are not happy. Because somewhere along the road, they sacrificed happiness for money. What you realize is there is no end zone, destination, goal line. The beauty is the journey. The fun part is the build. The fun part is the grind. Like being in it is what I love. I'm not trying to, oh, well, once I make a hundred million dollars, then I'm gonna go do, no. I love the day to day. I love the grind. I love the, like, the, the path to get there, right? Once you accept that, it changes the game as well because then you're not, it's not a money chase. Like I don't do this for money. I could walk away right now and go do something else with my life or go rescue dogs for the rest of my life and I'd have enough money, thank God, that I'd be fine. I show up here every day because I love what I do. I show up here every day because it feeds my soul. That changes everything as well. And, and I think that that's super important, especially when you're starting a business because so many young kids, they go for that get rich quick because that's what they're exposed to. Yep. People pushing advertisements to get them to buy some shit yep. that sells them on a dream. But yep. really it's all about the long-term play because anything good doesn't come fast mm -hmm. and you got to put in the work. But as Nipsey Hussle said, self-made tastes better. Yeah. And it's free. There's freedom. I can't imagine going to work for someone. Can you imagine going and being an employee for someone? No. You know what I mean? Where they're like, you were five minutes late. Why are you wearing that shirt? I'm like, I can't, I can't imagine. I'd go back to be a valet before I do that. Yeah. Like, there's no way that I could do it. So, yeah. yeah. And, and that's why I say, like, don't do it for money, right? Because you, you could create your own business, make $75,000 a year, never buy, be able to buy a place, rent, but you're free and you're happy as shit. Good on you. Proud of you. That's what the goal should be for all of us, right? If you can honestly and sincerely say that you're happy and living a happy and fulfilled life, that's enough, right? Like I'm not gonna ever push anyone to go make more, go like if you're happy, you're happy. And that looks differently for everyone, right? Family, businesses, different things. I just don't think that everyone chases things for the right reasons, right? Like I think that as long as you are doing it internally for you and it's putting you in a better, happier place, that's where you should be moving in that direction. Mm. Yeah, that's powerful. Really good. So if somebody is starting a business right now, maybe they have a job, maybe they're trying to go get another career, but they're afraid to take that leap. What do you think the biggest thing is that somebody needs to hear if they're thinking about going to do that thing they're not quite there yet but they know they want to do it their intuition is telling them dude quit this job you hate it you're miserable 
go do that thing you want to do? What would you tell that person? Just fucking jump. Just fucking jump. That's it. You you will always be scared. There's no there's there's no cure for the fear. It's part of what is needed to drive you to be successful. But you can stand there your whole life wondering if you should jump, but you're also going to wonder what would have happened if you did when you don't, right? And the regret would eat me alive. So it's the regret that gets me to jump. It's thinking about, ah, shit. If I look back on this and I know that I ignored my intuition, I'm going to have to live with that. Ignoring my intuition eats me alive because every time I ignore my intuition, it does something goes awry, right? Whereas when I listen to it, I usually find myself in that place of Zen in that place of flow and I'm, and I'm good. So I couldn't live with the regret. And that's what I would tell someone is I think you even failing and falling on your face and losing everything will be way better than you living, wondering if it would have been successful and if you could have done it. And I think one thing to take away is, so you were a valet guy, right? Yep. And you did this while you were going to law school. Yep. And I heard a cool story from uh, Jeff Disher, which uh, I'll, I'll bring that up Jesus. in a little bit. No, it's cool. It's, you kind of <laughs> went into it. But, you know, if you were just doing that to survive and yeah. you didn't have a bigger picture to focus on, you'd be fucking miserable because 100%. there's no light at the end of it. But for you now, looking back on taking all of these risks and you look, you look at the insane life that you have, which... The materialism is cool, but that's not why you're happy. You're happy because you took those risks, you bet on yourself, and you followed that intuition, and you chased your dream. Bro, I was a, I was a fucking idiot with money. When I first got money, I was a fucking idiot because I was an insecure kid that thought that I should buy things to impress other people. I had two Ferraris before I was 30. Like, dumb shit. There was a point where I had five cars. I had a Ferrari. I had an Aston Martin. I had a Bentley. I had a Hellcat. I had a Jeep Wrangler. I'm like, what am I doing? Right? Like, And then you wake up. It wasn't for me. That shit was all for insecurity and for other people. I got rid of all of it, right? And I'm so grateful that I went through that at an early age. I'm so grateful that I learned that that kind of material shit is not what's going to fulfill you. It's not gonna make you happy. You have a little spike of happiness and you go right back to where you were. That's it. It's fake happy. It's purchased happy. It's not real happy. And so realizing that has made me simplify my life. I drive a Jeep every day. I got a Mercedes Sprinter. A Jeep Trackhawk. Okay, it's a fast Jeep. I drive a Mercedes Sprinter van for all my dogs. Like, I mean, my life has been become way more simple. I wear an $8 black tee and jeans. Like, I, I just don't need the fucking flash because it doesn't feed my soul. It doesn't feed my happiness. It was for someone else. And so I just, I always tell people that. I'm like, well, make sure you're doing it for the right reasons, whatever it is, make sure you're doing it for the right reasons. That's really good. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that a lot of people are focused on looking rich and not being rich. And I think that before you started making money, you were there. I would, I mean, I struggled with that for so long. And the cool thing is when I bought my first BMW, yep. I went out, financed it at like 28% interest, got yep. completely screwed on a, well, Anyways, I bought this car for other people. Yep. Luckily, I fell in love with that car, and, and there's just something about driving that car that I just fell in love with. Yep. The next BMW I bought for me. Yeah. I didn't buy that for other people. Yeah. I don't give a fuck what people yeah. say. I drive my girlfriend's Corolla. I feel yep. just the same. But when I'm driving that car, it's for me, 100%. and that's why uh, it feels better too. You know, 100%. Like People are like, well, look, look at your shoe collection. I'm like, yeah, I like Jays. That's for me. I like Jays. Yep. Same thing. I'm not wearing it for someone else. 
say whatever you will. I'm still going to wear them because yep. I like Jays. Yeah. yeah. Well, let me just put something in, into, into perspective for people. So you're wearing what I think is a Rolex, right? Yeah. Okay. So you got a Rolex. Yeah. You got an $8 shirt on. Yeah. If you went out and bought an $800 shirt yeah. or a $1,000 shirt, yeah. that thing would be useless and worthless. And would have dog hair all over it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The Rolex is going to stay the same or go up in value. Probably appreciate in the last two years a lot. Yeah. 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 So, so can you tell people the difference if somebody is flat broke, they're living paycheck to paycheck, yep. how do they go from doing what they're doing now, wasting money, buying dumb shit, spending their stimulus money on belts and dumb shit. Yep. How do they go from that to understanding the difference between assets and liabilities and why they should get more assets and less liabilities? So early on, it's saving money. That's the only thing you can do early on when you're starting from ground zero, it's saving money. So it's like, I love the, uh, I've seen Shaquille O'Deal do it. And he said that Warren Buffett taught him the lesson. It's like, how do you, how do you save money? How do you earn wealth? wealth? And he takes a piece of paper and he rips it in half. And he's like, so generally this is most people's income. Half of it goes for taxes. This is the other half that they keep. Most people burn through this entire half until they get their next paycheck. He goes, rich people tears that half in half, takes that quarter, puts it aside. He goes, rich people take a quarter of everything they earn. They put it in the bank. That's for later. That's for investments. And they spend a quarter of what they earn. He goes, wealthy people, and he takes that quarter and he rips it in half. And he goes, wealthy people, this is what they spend a month. The rest of it's investments. The rest of it is saving. That's how you earn money, is by not going out and blowing money. Carlos, that camera. And if you think about it, our society's changed so drastically in 20 years. Sorry. Cell, you're fine. Cell phones, that's a $1,200 item. Yeah. And you got 16-year-old kids with, like, everyone's got one, right? So, yep. like, the way we're spending our money now is so differently that people don't even think about saving money. Like, everyone's out at happy hours. Everyone's out all the time. Everyone's going. If I, like, how many people go on these eight trips a year? I'm like, when I started a business, I didn't leave. Like everything was saved, everything was invested. Like, how do you think you're gonna be successful if you're in Cancun and Tulum every other week? You won't be, like it's just, it's impossibility. So it's realizing that you have to sacrifice, that it's going to be hard, that it's going to be a struggle, that it's not going to be fun, but that it's short term. It's short term. And if you can do that, it ends up working out way better for you. When Paul and I started Bada Fulkerson, I'd seen other law firms and I saw that Month to month, because they were spending so much money, they'd get in pinches and they'd do stupid shit because they didn't have money. Greedy shit, shady shit. And it, it, it like started to eat my soul. That's why I, I left. I'm like, I got to do this differently. But because I never wanted to be in a financial pinch, because I never wanted to have a situation where I couldn't pay employees, I told Paul, I'm like, we're going to have six months of our overhead in the operating account before we ever take a dollar out of this business. Ever. We're not taking a dollar. It took us 18 months to get there. So for 18 months, Paul and I did not make a dollar. He canceled his cable. Like, I mean, we went is canceled gym memberships. We went as cheap as cheap can go. And about 12 months in dude comes to me and he goes, Dan, I can't survive. I'm going to start working for Uber. And I'm like, bro, we're running. We've started one of the biggest law firms in San Diego. We're on a roll. We're going to get there. You cannot go work for Uber. Looks terrible. He's like, I can't survive. I can't pay my rent. Like, what do you want me to do? And I looked at him and I told him, I'm like, give me a few more months. We're almost there. We're going to turn the corner on this thing. We're almost there. 
Sure enough, six months later, we had you know the six months of overheads reserved. We turned green. We've been green every single month since then, successful. But the greatest thing is, is when COVID hit and there was not a car on the road and every other firm had to start laying off people, I didn't even worry about it. Didn't even, didn't even trip. Good, no big deal. Because I have more reserves than anyone else in this game. And so if I need to go try a big case and need to go spend 150 grand, no problem, here you go. I don't even have to think about it. I don't have to call the bank. I don't have to get financing. I got the money. And so preparing for that and sacrificing on the short term is how we've been able to build this place. So people look and they're like, how did you build that shit in six years? It was that first 18 months. That first 18 months is why I'm in this building. That first 18 months is why I have seven attorneys in this office. That first 18 months is why we're voted the best personal injury attorney in San Diego because we sacrificed early on for the foundation to build it the right way. And most people can't do that. Man. And, and to go through COVID and watch your competition sort of drop out like flies. Oh, bad. Yeah. Yeah. Like people shitting. Like shitting. Because for me, I'm in a recession-proof business. The economy gets worse. My business gets better. People are more stressed. There's more accidents. There's more just chaos in the world, right? There's always insurance companies. So I'm always going to be able to get paid and get my clients paid. COVID was the first time ever where we were like, whoa, this hits us because there's no one out in the world. So there is no accidents. There is no chaos. There is no, so great. No one's getting injured, but all these attorneys in town that didn't have the reserves were freaking out and they had to make really drastic moves. Whereas we were like, no big deal. Like this could go on for a year. This could go on for two years. We're fine. We're right. good. And th that's something I'll be forever grateful for. And every business that I ever create will have that process there that you do not take a dollar out of that business until you have six months of reserves. Wow. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. So good advice for everybody. I'm yeah. taking that. That's really Build that good. shit into your personal life as well. Six months of reserves in your personal life as well. Figure out what your monthly is. Figure out what your spend is. You need six months of that before you go buying shit, cars, whatever. Have your six months there. Like bad times are coming. I don't like to be the pessimist, but I'm telling you right now, the next two to four years are going to be interesting and you're going to have businesses fail. You're going to have people getting laid off. You're going to have dramatic things that happen that you need to be ready for and prepare now. Wow. So Teddy, who's Ted. Teddy, come on. We're, we're shooting a podcast here. Thank you. Perfect. So Teddy, uh, so t tell me about uh, the nonprofits that you have and that you're associated with and how you guys save all these dogs because you are really doing some good work. Uh, I mean, dogs run my life. Um, always have. I have five bulldogs, many of them rescues, and I have my own rescue, Project Save a Bully. I've helped out with many rescues around town. It's just the thing that I want to do with my life. Like when I can slowly pull myself out of the law practice, let's say I'm only working four days a week, 10 years from now, the other three days are going to be saving dogs. Like it's just what I love. It's what gives me the most happiness in life. I just bought a, a ranch out in El Cajon that I'm going to build out as the dog rescue and like as a dog like retreat, if you will. And any dogs that I can't find homes for will just live out there. I got a spina bifida boy that's got like – he. He can't control his bowels. I can't find a home for him. He's been with me for a year. Like he'll live out there. Any dogs like that. Um, but 
the give back is very important to me. I am 37 years old and I live my dream every day and I feel a very, very big responsibility to pay that shit forward. And it also keeps me happy because it adds so much perspective to my life that I don't have bad days. I've seen real shit. I've seen real struggle. I've seen families go through it. Like I, I sit on a board for kids at Rady's Children's Hospital with terminal cancer, and we throw a prom every year for these kids with terminal cancer. We just did it this last year. And it was a little, or this last week. It was a little different because of COVID because a lot of these kids can't be out in those situations. But you sit and you talk to a 16-year-old young man who knows he's going to die in seven months and has already gone through it three times and didn't really have much of a childhood, and you see his parents, and what problems do I really have? You know what I mean? Like, what what is so bad in my life that I shouldn't have a smile for my ear to ear every single day? And that kind of shit just keeps me going. And so it's, in a weird way, selfish. Like, we help over 20 nonprofits in San Diego. But what I've gotten out of that has been so tenfold to anything that we've put in that it's it's just a big part of my life. And it's a big part of this firm it's a big part of it's a big part of who we are in this community and i it's really important to me that it's sincere and i think that people know that it's sincere and that it doesn't come from like a hey call us to be our your attorneys because we do this it's a we do this because this is who we are and paul and i started the community fund when we opened up the firm and we put a percentage of each case we settled and we run it since and that's how we will continue to run it so as we get bigger it gets bigger and the more success we have in the firm the more we're going to do in the community and that's really exciting to me because in five years we've done a lot we got it we built the dog park in little italy and got a bunch of we got a food pantry down in south bay that gives out a million meals a year got the dog rescue got a bunch of stuff and we're five years in i'm like wait till 20 you know what i mean like yep. wait and see what comes next because yeah. i know what comes next and it's just it's going to be fun that's so cool man you guys are you're so impressive in the things that you do and and you said it best you're genuine about it and you don't have to go around telling people that because people know yeah. people can and especially nowadays with social media and i think people's bullshit meter is at an all time high I when agree. they can they can tell when somebody's being real or not and it especially if you're just going live like you do on facebook or just showing yourself people yep will get that. And if you're doing good, yep. you'll be exposed for that. If you're doing bad, you'll be exposed for that. San Diego is the biggest, smallest city. That's why I love it. Six degrees of separation. Everyone knows everyone. It's a great city if you're a good person and you're ethical, you stand by your word, you shake someone's hand, you follow through. It's not so good of a city if you're a piece of shit. And I like that because it shows people's true colors. And your reputation and your name should be protected at all costs. And I think a lot of people forget that and they choose shortcuts in money and they don't understand how that will impact them on a long-term course in this city. Great words to live by. Yep. So Dan, where can people find you on social media? Instagram, Dan Fulkerson, Bulldog Lawyer. I got hacked, so I had to start a second account. Bought a Fulkerson Law Group. Um, same with on Facebook reach out anytime. I always try to make myself available. I know you and I have like, I'm very grateful that we've gotten to know each other over the last few years. We go out to lunch. You'll ask me questions. I'll ask you marketing questions. Like that's, I love doing that. So anyone has questions, anyone wants feedback, like you're welcome to reach out. Like I said, when we were talking, like 
I wouldn't be where I'm at without help from other people. So I try to always do whatever I can to give back as well. If someone asks me for help, I'm always here. Um, so you reach out anytime. You can always give us a call, 619-333-5555 or 619-BULLDOG. Just locked in that number. I've been working on that number for so long, finally locked it in. Um, but yeah, we're always available, always here to help. If anyone ever has family members, situations, car accidents, motorcycle accidents, you can always reach out to us as well. That's what we do. But yeah, just anything in general, always here. And I greatly appreciate you having me on, giving me the opportunity to tell my story. I love this forum and what you've created for people and anything I can do to help. I'm going to give you some names of some people that you should hit up. I think you got to get uh, Jeff Fenster's a guy that I'd get on here. He's one of the more impressive people that I've met in the last few years, just in how he lives his life and how he runs a business, how he treats people. I think that's a really good person, but I'm going to get you some names for some, some other people you should get on here. Thank you, brother. Appreciate it. Anytime, man. Thanks cool. for having me. Dude, thank you. Teddy? Pa? No? Pa? All right. All Sleepy right. guy. It's all good.